Hello, and welcome to the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast. My name is Holly Samuel, and I am a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. And my goal with this podcast is to empower you with nutrition and exercise knowledge from various health and wellness experts and everyday runners to become the best, strongest, fastest, fit cookie version of yourself that you can be. Are you ready? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, I am super excited for today's episode where I chat with guest Allie Kiefer. If you have been on the running scene for a while, you have probably heard of her before. She is absolutely amazing. She is a 228 marathoner. She came in fifth at the 2017 New York City Marathon and has basically just been knocking it out of the park since then. She's been super transparent about her her struggles with body image and believes very strongly in body image activism. And she is an advocate for all body types and especially in the running space. And this is a basically what we cover in our conversation today um, in terms of body image, you know, disordered eating patterns, some of the issues that currently exist in today's running environment, and also what she's doing coming down the road because she is up to some pretty cool things to improve the running space and also help others. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Allie Kiefer. Hi, Allie, and welcome to the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, I've been like a low key, pretty high key fan of yours for a long time. Um, So it's super cool to have you on the show today to talk about all kinds of different things and like nutrition and running. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. Awesome. So um, I know I don't think you need an introduction, but I want you to give your introduction. So tell everybody listening who you are, what you do and where you're from. Yeah, I'm from, oh, I'm from New York originally, but now I feel like I'm from everywhere in the U.S. because I just keep moving around. Um, I run a lot. I would consider myself on the cusp of between hobby jogging and professional running somewhere in the middle there. (laughs) And um, I coach runners. I'm in school for nutrition, actually. And um, I host like this podcast conversation every Wednesday for Elite Feats. So I wear a few different hats and I think that's, you know, uh, been, been fun recently to move away from just running and kind of be more than a runner. I love that. That's been a really like, I think that's been a common conversation lately, especially just in the last year or so where like we're seeing races getting canceled or looking a lot different where you kind of see who kind of just runs because we haven't heard much from them. And then like, who's doing a lot of other things too. And I think that's so important to be well-rounded and give yourself other outlets. Yeah. It's been kind of an evolution of at some points in my life, I feel like 
I just, I could only run and that's fine. That's like, there's nothing wrong with that. And, but now I think I'm actually doing better, um, not just running. And maybe that's like the more grown up version of me that's, I am getting older and like not thinking about the future seems foolish at this point, but you know, 22 year old Allie didn't have that same idea and that also worked for her. So it's fine. Yeah. That the evolution is definitely helpful. Um, and, and you said you're in school for nutrition. So can I ask like, what, like how far along are you? What are you hoping to kind of accomplish with that? That's super cool. Yeah. So I coach people for running and I think what I, what I really want to do with it is move it into a nutrition and running coaching program. So I actually do this for only two people because I'm not through a school. So I haven't marketed it at all. Only the, um, the coaching part of it. And and so we just like meet, um, I have a zoom call once a week and talk about nutrition and running and, um, you know, it kind of goes, it's a little bit of therapy too, I think, <laughs> because it's like, oh, I, um, I drank every night this week. It's like, okay, well, like what demons are we facing? And with numbing ourselves to that, like, let's like talk about, you know, maybe that doesn't help you get to your nutritional goals, your running goals, like, right. Um, but I'm, I'm in a holistic program and basically I want to be like a health coach, but I wanted to have substance behind that of actually knowing, uh, cause I think health coaching is a pretty broad spectrum. You could have a registered dietitian degree, or you could have like no degree and call yourself a health coach. So I wanted to have some understanding of what, so I give people good advice. Oh, I love that. This is going to be a really fun conversation because now I'm talking to not just Allie Kiefer, like the professional runner and hobby jogger, like you said, but also <laughs> Allie Kiefer, the, the nutrition coach. So congrats on like going for that. I know as a dietitian myself, I like moved my degrees off the table to put my computer in their place because they're not on the wall currently. Um, I, I appreciate your, your recognizing just how broad like health coaching can be and that you know, if you want to help people, it's really helpful. I think for coaches just to have education to feel confident. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, too, like very cool that you plan to do that as part of your business. I do that the same thing. Like I coach runners. Um, I'm a personal trainer too. And then I also do the nutrition aspect and they like totally go together. So props. Yeah. To not a lot of us out there. <laughs> I know. I think that's what I saw. I was like, okay, there's a lot of runners that coach, but there aren't a lot of runners that also give the nutrition part. And, and then, you know, this will go f- probably flow into our conversation, but I think on Instagram, like I want to call myself like a body image activist. I don't, I don't know if that's a thing, but like just putting positive body like thoughts or ideas or struggles out there. Um, I've used my Instagram more as like a journal of what I'm going through than like a highlight reel. And I think that kind of opened the door up to, you know, working with a, a group of people like me that, you know, just need someone that's giving them confidence and like positive feedback and, um, and holding space for them. And so I think that's part of like what I want to do with this because I want running. I think running is an inclusive sport and the messaging sometimes is like exclusive and that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And that is surrounding this whole like body image conversation. Yeah. And I love your Instagram because it it is very much like, okay, like, oh, Allie posted something like what are, what's on her mind today? Like, it's not just like running picture with inspirational quote, (laughs) Um, which I really appreciate. It just gives you more, you're very dynamic as a, as an Instagram influencer, if you will. I know, like, you know, there's a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of um, spectrum of that term, but 
I think um, I think that'll be super valuable to have you in the space and to kind of like skip ahead a little bit to our conversation about social media. Like what role do you feel social media has on kind of like shaping the runner's body or what a runner should look like or what they should eat? Because there's a lot of different like levels of runners on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I actually think it's probably not helpful. Um, the whole like Instagram for you being okay with the runner's body or the idea of that, because we, I do this too. I just choose the best picture, right? Like, where do I look the best? I'm going to put that one up. And I just said that I like, it's not a highlight reel, (laughs) but maybe the thought isn't the highlight reel, but the actual picture is. And so I think that's really hard and no one really taught us because social media is super new, like how to use it to benefit us. And, um, I, kind of recently started like unfollowing people that I actually like in real life, but just don't, they're maybe triggering or like not helpful to my own psyche to follow them. You know, there's nothing wrong with those people. It just like, doesn't benefit me. It doesn't serve me. And that's what I'm out there to like, I, I sign on Instagram. I'm scrolling. I don't want to be like, Oh, that that's like, I need to stop eating now. You know, I don't look like that. And that's my own insecurity. That's not that person's fault, but it doesn't help me. And until maybe, you know, I can deal with that and not be triggered. I just don't follow it. But that's where I think Instagram is hard because we're like following this person because they're inspiring. And I might be inspiring to you, but triggering to someone else. And so they should just not follow me. And I think that's hard to do because actually we're not told to unfollow. Yeah. Yeah. I just like did this on my stories the other day. I was like, if this is happening, if this is happening, if this is happening, if it's, if it's me doing it unintentionally, cause I try not to do things like that. Or if it's someone else, like unfollow, even if you like them in real life, it's okay. Like there, I think there's a lot of um, like, Oh, that person, you know, they unfollowed me. They don't like me anymore. Like social media is not real life. Um, and I think it's definitely important to have like a lot of different representation on social media so that when you are signing on and scrolling your feed, you're not just looking at the same thing, like over and over again, um, and trying to like live up to that impossible standard or just one that you're making impossible in your own head. Um, and the triggering aspect too, like you never know when you're going to be triggered by something. So it can be, can be a little bit tricky (laughs) to go on the internet and scroll for sure. Um, yeah. Well, even like I use the strong, not skinny hashtag, which empowers me. I like the idea of it, that I can focus on strength and not thinness, but that does, that doesn't work for other people. Or maybe some people are, have been offended honestly by a hashtag. I don't think it's not meant to like, it's nothing wrong if you're skinny or you're lean. I don't mean any negative intention by that, but that's how some people perceive it. And like, that's fine. You're allowed to have your own opinion, but uh, I just feel like I'm going to keep using the hashtag. So you just might not want to follow me if that offends you, you know? So like um, people put out content that makes sense to them and fits them. And we need to be controllers of what we absorb. We get to choose. And I think that is like powerful that we can just uh, use social media to our advantage or take away things that aren't serving us. Yeah. And I like that. I, I love your like conversation of that hashtag because I know exactly what you're talking about, where there's like the empowered version of it, where it just, you, it resonates with you. Like you can relate to it and it's inspiring. And then there's also, you know, someone who maybe just doesn't relate to strong, not skinny, because maybe their natural body type is that they're skinny or they're offended by it in some way, or it's triggering in some way. Um, and it's okay. It's not for them. It's a hashtag, you know, it doesn't have that much ownership over your life. So 
um, yeah, I think that's super cool. And I know, um, that's kind of an approach I've, you know, I've seen that you want to do nutrition coaching and you're, you're coaching runners. And I, I'm assuming that's kind of an approach you would take with coaching other people too, is kind of allowing them that space to find, you know, what's helpful to them instead of triggering. Like in running or in body image you're talking about? Both. I mean, in, in body image and like what it means to be a runner and like that you don't have to look a certain way in order to achieve X, Y, Z goal. hundred percent. I mean, that's like, that's my mission is to um, have, I just, I guess my mission is to make people feel like they're a runner if they run and take away the idea of any type of body. Like I probably speak more to people who feel bigger than smaller. Cause that's what my perception of myself has been, but, um, but that my goal is like for everyone to be feeling like they're a runner just because they go out once or twice a day, a week, a month, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like, um, like when someone at any level is able to kind of finally identify as a runner and kind of adopt that, like image, I mean, this is kind of my experience in my own life, but also in my practice with clients is that when someone can kind of wrap their head around, oh, I am a runner just because I go out and I run. Um, it doesn't matter if I look like, you know, some professional athlete or some person on Instagram, if I am running, then I'm a runner. Um, I feel like once they embody that image, like it helps them understand how to feel themselves as a runner and like how to recover like a runner and how, you know, to kind of wrap their head around that as well. What would you say about that? Man, I mean, that goes like even deeper. I think you're like another step um, because I try to think of it like the same. Okay. So one of the guys that I coach, he um, lives in Texas and they've been shoveling a lot over the weekend because of the snow. And he was like, my back really hurt and it tightened up on my run. And so I'm now really frustrated that I can't run and I don't need a break now. And it's like, remove the, a try at least remove the frustration and um, do the best things for yourself to be pain-free again. Like, so I guess it's the same idea as someone who's probably like trying to fit in there might, I, you know, like the general thing is I feel big, so I need to eat less and eat, that doesn't really help you run faster if you're malnourished. So like what would help you be faster is probably eating right after you run, you know, recovering, getting enough sleep. So you start like it's a different mindset instead of like, how can I fit into this space or be a runner and shrink myself? Like, well, how can I actually make myself great? Yeah. Yeah. And like taking the focus off of size and image and putting it onto, well, what am I trying to achieve here? Because they don't eating less doesn't really line up with that. No. And so it's defining your goal. If I have one um, guy that I do the nutrition and running with, and he, he's 65 years old. He doesn't, he's not signed up for a single race. He doesn't plan to sign up for a race. He wants to live a healthy life, push off the nursing home and spend time with his kids, like be as young as he can possibly feel for as long as possible. And so he was like 195 pounds and he wanted to weigh 180 pounds. And so like, he's not very tall and like that he's been 175 in the past five years. Like it was all like, we defined his goal. And then I help him get there, you know? And so we've been working towards that. And instead of another person who's all like the other girl that I did the nutrition and running with, she has exact time goals. And um, it's like, okay, well, this is different because now 
you don't want to shrink yourself. You actually want to improve your times and eating less isn't necessarily going to help you with that. So like, mm-hmm. I think it's just in defining what you want to achieve and then making a plan to support that instead of it, the, supporting the idea that you're going to fit in with the people that you want to be like, it doesn't make sense. When, once you start thinking about it logically, you're like, okay, if I, if I lose 20 pounds to look like the idea of a runner or what I have in my head, I actually will be starving on the start line and I'll be a horrible runner. <laughs> like, well, then I won't run well and I'm getting further from what I actually want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes like just taking a step back with that type of client or that type of athlete and having them define that goal, it helps like define it for them because they, they do it their, themselves. They kind of take, take apart okay, like looking fast and being fast are different things in my head. Like I don't need to look a certain way to be fast, but what I think is fast in my head is actually not going to do me any good (laughs) Um, if it's a smaller body. So to kind of backtrack a little bit, um, can, and this is probably a little good question, but can you kind of like describe your journey with like body image and nutrition throughout your running career thus far? And also just like how you've kind of come to this point in your, in your mindset around this? Yeah. I mean, this is a long answer, (laughs) but, um, I, I was kind of always like bigger. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't really think about like nutrition or what I was eating when I was younger. And when I say younger, like it's going to start in high school and, um, my, I had a working mom and, uh, my sister was four years older. So when I was in high school, she was in college. So it was just my mom and I, and she'd get off the train because we lived in New York. So she was working in the city and uh, she'd get off the train at like 6.30 and pick me up and we'd go out to dinner to like shove food in our mouths as quickly as possible. So we could get back home and then like go to sleep because it was kind of getting late. <laughs> so uh, we got pizza or Italian, like there's I mean, my mom's a great cook, but she just didn't have time to cook. And so, I mean, she doesn't know about nutrition, which I think is the basis of all this like problem because she's a college educated person with a great job, but doesn't know how to like feed herself or her children is unfortunate that that's how most of us have been raised. And like, um, our current education system doesn't really work on that, but anyway, so, um, so I excelled in running in high school, but you know, people would already starting to say like, you're a bigger runner to me. Like I, I think I qualified for States in my, when I was a freshman and the science teacher was like, Oh, you must like have really good heart because you're bigger for a runner. Like that's the takeaway. Like the messaging was just like that all the time. Um, and so, so I, I, I went to college and I had a coach who was like, okay, it's got this like bigger kind of runner. And if she just lost some weight, she'd be great. And so she was always trying to get me to lose five pounds. Honestly, it didn't, didn't matter what I looked like. It was like five more pounds all the time. And so I think that was just a shortcut for her to not actually have to try to coach. Um, but then um, I started getting an insecurity about it instead of like, okay, I'm just like bigger and succeeding. I started to not be succeeding and think that like I needed to change myself to have good like results. And, um, and so 
Then I went to Arizona State actually for grad school in nutrition. And I didn't finish the program. So that's why I'm starting a new program. But uh, there, like no one ever talked about weight. Like I came in, I hadn't run because I was injured over the summer. And I was definitely um, like heavier for me, you know, because when you're not exercising, you uh, not running, I'm going to gain some weight. And then you start running again, and you like naturally lose weight. So again, I really, I, I was interested in nutrition, but I still didn't understand like what to do when, and like how this affected me, but, um, but they just never really talked about it. And then I just ran and I didn't really think about it. And I, I ran well with that, like kind of not thinking about it until I lost too much weight because I was running a lot. And, um, I think at some point, sometimes when I'm successful and things are going well, I unintentionally am like, well, I could be a little hungry after dinner. Like, do I need the nut butter with the banana or just the banana? Like I cut things out because I think I still have that like thought in my head too, that maybe a little bit thinner, I'd run a little faster. And I I hate that it's still there, but I think that's a constant thing I'll be like struggling through. And uh, logically, you know, you no, I won't be better because I'll be hurt. Like I I'm sabotaging myself. I'm not helping myself. And it's something now that I have to like be really conscious about, like, did I get in, did I eat enough? Because, and like, um, I skipped a period recently and I was like, okay, no, then I have not eaten enough because that's a big warning sign that your body isn't working properly. And that's happened in the past. And it actually happened at Arizona state, like the year I'm talking about, and I got a stress fracture. And so, um, for me, like, uh, yeah, this, like, anyway, so I got to that, that whole like mentality probably continued. Um, I ran like my first post-collegiate group was with Brad Hudson and I made the Olympic trials and I'm like, he says I looked like a recreational runner. Like I was not very good um, when I got there. And then he's like, and then you started looking like a runner, but I got a stress fracture because I, again, wasn't eating enough to like fuel my body and make sure that my bones were still healthy. And so then you break, or that's at least what happens to me. I break. I think ultimately we all break. Our just timeline is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it might not be a stress fracture, but it could be a tendon injury that won't heal or like mental health is bad or, you know, it can look different, but oftentimes it is a stress fracture for a lot of people when you're just not getting enough. Yeah. And, you know, then I had like these fears for a long time that I, um, I don't look like a runner and that's a narrative I put in my own head. Like no one specifically told me that. I mean, that science teacher was like, oh, you're bigger didn't say you're not a runner. Like I came up with that narrative and then told it to myself so many times. I think when I was going to join this most recent group, dark sky, I I was like, I'm bigger. I just like, don't fit in. And no one there told me that either. And, and, um, I have had like some, some like insecurity about the starting line of when you're all lined up. And I just feel like I look out of place. Like I don't belong there. And it wasn't until I really showed up at practice for a good amount of time. And so I was with the people that I associate with that do belong on the starting line, like they fit in 
And I had to face that every day at practice that I was like, actually, I'm fine here, right? Like I can run with them. No one ever talks about my weight. Like uh, I'm, I belong. Like this is, this is all internal. And so um, that has been like really, I think helpful and powerful because then I can also work on the internal problem. And, but also I, I think I realized like, this is something that um, I'm going to have to continue continue like consciously working through because it's, you know, I guess, uh, part of like what I've focused on, what I've chosen to focus on that doesn't actually serve me. Yeah. And it will, and you know, a little bit, there's a lot to dig in there. So part of it too, it seems like it was like ingrained kind of at a young, like vulnerable age. I think it's really interesting to to like talk about this um, because you never really know when you're going to trigger someone's like disordered brain, like that can exist and be dormant. And then all of a sudden it's kind of brought to life. Um, And oftentimes it is kind of high school, college when a lot of natural body changes are happening anyway. Um, So it's a perfect storm. And if you have people saying, oh, you're a bigger runner, you know, even if they're not saying that means you're not a runner or that means there's something wrong with you, it still can kind of be triggering and kind of wake up that part of the narrative that you then kind of take and carry away and kind of keep revolving as your own narrative where it follows you. Um, and I mean, in terms of the running like industry and the environment in general, do you feel like the atmospheres, like whether it's at the professional, the college, recreational, high school levels of running, like, I mean, do you feel like they're accepting of different body types or do you feel, I have a lot of clients who kind of feel similar. They feel like they're the bigger runner on the start line or they're the bigger runner on their team. And they're not really sure like, you know, how to handle that if they're kind of bringing it up in their own heads or sometimes other coaches have said things to them before that have triggered that. Like, how do you do, like, how would you describe the environment of running right now for someone in a larger body? I think we're just uneducated you know? And so like coaches aren't educated enough to know, or aren't competent sometimes enough to know what makes people successful or what makes that individual successful. And so when I started thinking about that, like, you know, what it was I doing when I was really successful, what like, do I build my own confidence up from? What are my weaknesses? I was realizing none of them are tied to body image. And, and, and so when people don't know like how to get better, you look to things that you don't really control. Like your my body is, I, I don't have like a string bean shape and I never will. So the idea that that's gonna make me successful is ridiculous. Like that's when I'm gonna be a good runner, but that we're told like, oh, the typical runner body is, is a string bean. I'm like, well, that is super unimportant actually because I'm born with whatever body I'm born with. And like, I can be, come great in mindset in training and all these other facets instead of focusing on like how little to eat because that actually when I've done that it got me injured did not make me faster so uh, yeah I think it just comes from like not being educated or but um, I don't think the climate is honestly super welcoming to people with a bigger shape no I feel like I actually feel like, yeah, I, 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 um, I think that's unfortunate because it, all you need is a pair of shoes to run. So why do we care about what someone looks like? And then 
especially for people that maybe are bigger and are trying to run to lose some weight, why would you discourage them from living a healthy life? Like, I, I just don't understand any of it of looking at a body doesn't have anything to do with if you're a runner or why you should run or if you fit in, like, it just makes no sense. Yeah. And I think you touched on an important point there. I always ask like clients this too. And I think it's just an important question we can ask ourselves. Like, why, why are you even running in the first place? Like, what is the purpose of your running hobby or career? Um, you know, is it to control the shape of your body? Because that might not be the best reason, but if you like it, then that's a good reason. Um, you know, if it's good for your mental health, that's a good reason. If your body changes because you start running, okay. You know, that's kind of like, that's like part two. It's not, it shouldn't be like the driving factor because that's where you can find people running themselves into the ground for sure. Um, with the goal of getting smaller, but then that gets them injured. (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah. And do you feel like, um, I know I've struggled with this and some of my clients have as well. Like, do you ever find yourself going back to, well, when I had like the best race ever, I was this weight or size, or I was doing this in training. So I need to do that again. Like, how does that, does that resonate with you at all? Yeah. So I guess when I started thinking like what made me successful in the past, I was like mileage. Oh, Mm -hmm. that's pretty easy. I I haven't really been running that much mileage, like in terms of relative to me. So I'm just going to increase my mileage. And then, um, yeah, I don't think it's actually been tied to the scale at all. I don't know what I was at all the races. And when I think about, I was around blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not even the lowest I've been. So if I want to be successful again, and the other thing is pictures. I think that people are like, oh, but in this picture, I looked really like great. And then in this picture, I don't look good. And I have pictures from the same exact race. Some of them look great. And some of them, I look like 10 pounds heavier. I'm like, whatever way you wanted to look at the picture, you know, like, uh, I was the same day. So it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah. Like our perceptions of like what we can look like can change really quickly. But in fact, it was the same day and our body did not change from mile one to mile 26 of the marathon. Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. If you take the picture where like you're landing on a certain leg, it looks like terrible, but it's a part of running. And then if you take a picture when you're like pushing off of that leg, it looks totally different. So I think it's good to address like, just our perceptions doesn't necessarily, they're not necessarily like fact of, I need to look this way to be successful. Right. Yeah. Which is so crazy to me. Cause that's why I like the pictures that are side by side the same day. And someone's like rolled down their shorts or rolled them back up. And you're like, wow, they look like really different, but this is the same exact person. So if you know, or um, there was a day where I was feeling like a little insecure about uh, my own body. And so I just like, what's my biggest pair of shorts? Cause that's what I'm going to wear to practice today. And I went and I wore my biggest pair of shorts and I felt great. And I ran great. And I was like, maybe I should just run in bigger shorts. Like who cares? I don't need to squish into the smallest shorts I have to like fit in with the runners. I can just yeah. be really comfortable out there. Yeah. And run really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I I had a similar like conversation with someone the other day because I used to I used to think like this exact conversation. I used to think, okay, like you have to run in like the spandex like short shorts in order to look a certain way and be fast and be a runner. And that like that is ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. not true. So like some of the people 
they're not bad people, but like some of the people who would trigger that because they wear those shorts on Instagram, unfollow, it's gone, it's done. I don't think about it anymore. Um, so I love, I like your comment about the shorts. That's, that just that hits home. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's funny. And I love that you just like unfollow, like not a bad person, but those shorts trigger me. I'm going to protect myself because I think that's really like, the takeaway like as growing older, I'm like, you know, what, what do I want to do? How do I get there? What helps me get there? What hurts? And then remove that like stuff that hurts. I mean, I get to control it. And I think, you know, for so long I've been reactive and, um, oh, this person said this, or this person did this. And it's like, well, that really has nothing to do with me unless I let it. So what like do I want and how do I get there? And that's really all I need to focus on and not hurt anyone along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like for um, kind of like the team dynamic that you had touched on with the new group that you run with um, and you've run on a you know a couple different teams. I know you've run solo as well. Um, like I have a lot of conversations with like college athletes about their team dynamic and how the team can be very toxic um, and kind of promote disordered behaviors and point out the bigger person on the team or the bigger people on the team as being like big <laughs> and that's not a good thing, you know, or I've had, you know, conversations where team dynamics are really, really good and everyone's pretty neutral and they just show up and they run and everyone looks how they look. Um, like, can you describe some of your experiences like on different types of teams? Have you ever had like more toxic experiences. You don't have to name names if you don't want to, but, or, or more positive ones. It sounds like right now, you know, you're kind of in a positive place. Yeah. I think for myself, I've realized I do really well when the coach doesn't really talk about it at all. And I know that's not the situation for everyone because actually when I was in, uh, when I was at Wake Forest and the coach had been telling us, like, I think she was trying to help us eat healthy, but she wasn't educated on what to like actually eat. And so she said real things that hurt us. And then I went to um, Arizona state and he just never really brought it up and everyone just kind of showed up the way they were. And that's the situation I'm in now where the coach never talks about it. One girl on this, on like in a workout said something about, she was on her period and felt like she like was heavy that day. We, everyone looked at her and was like, girl, you crazy. Like, you'd be looking good. <laughs> uh, and so like that, that like reaction was just so wonderful to be around. Um, but yeah, it's just like a not, I, I already like nutrition. I'm studying nutrition. I think about nutrition. I know that an apple or banana is better than, you know, Doritos. So like, I don't need the coach to tell me that he doesn't have any degrees either. And if I have a question, I'm sure he'd love to answer it, but he kind of is like, stays out of it. And that works for me. Um, so this, this has been great, but then I've had coaches that, you know, have been trying to more into it or you should fast, or, you know, you should think about this. You want to get your thyroid tested. And like that has not worked for me. Uh, because then I'm constantly thinking about how to be smaller. And the, when I do the best, I really do think about like, what's the most nutrients I can get on my plate because then I'm healthy for the longest. And, and I think that um, my, I want to run fast, but like, really, I want to live a long time healthy. So running to me should add to that goal and not take away from it. Like my number one, honestly, is I want to live a long, healthy life. If I could you know, make the Olympics, but I was going to 
live for the next 40 years, like, n- like unhealthy way and not be able to like really truly live. I don't think I'd choose it. And so, um, I just follow through with that idea of like, you know, um, yeah, that, that's, that's my strategy. I love that. Yeah. And I think some people are, everyone's different. Like some people react really well, like you said, in a more like neutral, we're not going to comment about physical appearance. And if we do, it's going to be only positive, um, you know, or like, but we're also not going to be so hyper-focused on like making sure everyone has positive, you know, experiences and then maybe going about it in an uneducated way and it ends up being negative. Um, And then I know there's other team dynamics where you know, people are weighted in front of each other and they're put on diets and fasting and you need to be smaller. And obviously that's very toxic as well, especially for younger minds. Um, when, when maybe that's not even something you were thinking about in the first place. Um, like when, when it comes to, you know, yourself as an athlete, but then also your, you know, yourself as a nutrition coach and as a running coach, like what mistakes do you see like people make often in nutrition? What ones maybe have you made or what common misconceptions do you see and that you kind of like to address? That we're all the same. We're not all the same. We're all different. And um, uh, I mean, misconception, there's just like, there's a misconception that you even need a nutritionist, right? Like, you know, the apple is better than the Doritos. Like, I think a lot of the conversations that I was kind of describing that I have with people about nutrition are really about like lifestyle and health and happiness and um, building up those parts because everyone knows basically what is healthy. Like you do not need a college degree for that, but um, we often like eat the, we start eating the way we grew up eating and then we like make small changes. Right. And I guess I wish that um, my college coach could have educated us a little bit about like why we, she was like, drink chocolate milk after you run. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what does that do for me? Like there's a perfect amount of carbs to protein. Well, what's that ratio? Like, there's just nothing. There's like no substance there. And then you're hanging on to this idea of like, I have to have chocolate milk. Maybe you're like lactose intolerant. You don't want chocolate milk. (laughs) Like, uh, like, so the education I think has been really helpful. And I did work with one, um, one guy who was like, you know, you know, a misconception is that you can't have, um, you can't like have a donut or like, you can't have bad foods, I guess, whatever people determine like a muffin or something, whatever you determine is a bad food. And what he taught me was that you kind of almost want to eat those bad foods, like right after a hard workout. So like have the really fast digesting carbohydrates, like a bagel or like a muffin, like right after you're done running, because then it will go into your system quicker and you'll help your body repair quicker. I'm like, brilliant. So there's nothing off the table. It's just like, maybe some things are better at different times than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, another thing is just like eat whole foods. Like it's not, you need to have this meal plan or like elimination diet or keto or paleo, blah, blah, blah. Just like eat mostly whole foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they all have different functions. Like you said, the, the donut can actually be very, very useful. Um, you know, or it can make you happy, you know, if that's kind of how you're using it, they just, I like to kind of tell my clients, okay, what is this food going to do for me? Like, what am I looking to get out of this food? Cause I think that's the important piece is the why, like, if you just say, eat chocolate, you know, drink chocolate milk after your run, 
okay, well, why? And like, now that I know the why, maybe I could put something else into that, that template that makes me more happy, that I like better, that I'm not lactose intolerant to. Um, right. And I think the misconception, yeah, is so true, like that everyone's, everyone's different and needs different things and one meal plan isn't gonna work. And it's important to maybe know why the meal plan is built the way it is, because then you can, you can do what works for you instead of what the meal plan says. I don't do meal plans. So, <laughs> um, yeah, cause they're not effective. So I, I, I like that. Um, the person you worked with too kind of taught you that like some of these, you know, really like new, like calorie dense, quick, you know, absorbing foods can be super functional for athletes. And they're actually, it's actually hurting you to think that they're super bad for you and you need to never eat them. Because if you try to get all those nutrients from other foods, it might take a lot more volume. You not, might not be as hungry. It might be harder for you to get enough. And then you end up injured. Um, right. Definitely a fine line to walk between like eating intuitively, eating like nutrient dense foods that are healthy. And then also understanding like sports nutrition. I need to feel myself well because running marathons isn't exactly intuitive. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that the more though that I eat whole foods, the more I crave whole foods. So like, yeah. I'm not, you know, craving the candy because I don't know the last time I had candy and not because I don't allow myself to have dessert. Like I probably have chocolate every single day, but, yeah. um, it's just like a more natural approach to it. And so I think that's the other thing of like, um, I had a time when I was really like, people would say, Oh, let's go to dinner. And I'm like, well, where do you want to go? Like, I'm going to look at the menu. Oh, I don't want to eat there. And God, it's food is social. Food should be shared. And so if I'm so stressed out about like going out to eat or where to go, then I need to work on my like food issues because I think that it should be fun to enjoy food with people, not stressful. Yeah. And if it's kind of like always at the forefront of your mind, like imagine how much energy you're spending thinking about that and how much energy you could be spending thinking about other more fun things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like your workouts that are super hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I mean, a question too, I had for you, like if you, you know, and, and like you said, your body image, like activist, and that is kind of the message that you like to share and want to share with clients and people on social media, like what would you tell like younger runners or like a younger version of yourself about like nutrition, body image and self-talk knowing what you know now in your journey? I think it is like all self-talk almost like, I guess that's where it start is um, that you get to control the self-talk. Like, um, man, that is a whole, a whole big topic. Um, but there's so much that I would want to talk to that person about. <laughs> I would do, I definitely like hope my message and the stuff I put on Instagram is stuff that I, I think about, like, this is what I would love for my younger self to have seen or got that messaging. And, uh, and there's a, there's a lot in there. I mean, it's, there's, I don't know. There's just like poor little us needs a lot of help. Um, but yeah, I honestly, right now, I think about the self-talk even more than the body image. Cause that's what I've been working on more right now. Um, I mean, I think body image is definitely like always there and around, but, um, I've just seen a lot of benefit in my running recently from controlling or like putting myself actually in a neutral state 
which is odd because everyone talks about like positive psychology, but like being really neutral and non-emotional. And, and if someone was like, oh, you know, you don't look like a runner on the start line, like, well, I'm sorry. I don't look like a runner to you, but I'm in fact a runner. Cause I've, I have running shoes on and I just ran, you know, like, <laughs> um, yeah. And it's walked like a duck and quacked like a duck. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like the, the neutral has just made me less like reactive. And then none of that other stuff, there's no like noise in my life at the moment. There's, it's just, what does Allie want? What's the plan to get there? Okay. Do that, make the actionables. And so you actually go ahead and through that. And so, um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the, like, po- the not positive, like the sports psychology, I think is so cool. And that's um, a whole nother area that I haven't, I feel like they could endlessly dive into. Yeah. Cause like you said too, even with that, like different things work for different people. And I think the, like the self-talk is so interesting. It's almost, I feel like the pot, like there's, there's, there's a toolbox and like positive self-talk is a tool. Neutral self-talk is a tool. Negative self-talk is like, you know, not the greatest tool. Um, but like that exists as well. And I think like sometimes almost if we're, if we're always talking to ourselves positively and, you know, it has to be a certain way and we're almost like toxically positive it almost puts too much like pressure on like always needing to feel and be that way. And if something comes out of left field and doesn't kind of align with your positive self-talk, it almost like crushes you. So I like kind of the neutral aspect. Yeah, I felt like positive was a great in theory. And then the moment it wasn't going positively, I was super negative. Mm-hmm. And so um, neutral, like there are, there, there are no like, there's no response to whatever's there's, there's not an emotional response, I guess. My best example is like, we, um, I've been trying this neutral thing out for a few weeks now and we will do like, obviously 400s around the track or whatever. And so, um, I was leading, uh, the 71, 400, like lap after we just did a 400 and then a break and then 400, but I kept, and we were cutting down from 75 to 71, but somehow I kept leading the one that we were going the fastest. And I'm like, why the heck is this happening? Cause I think I'm the slowest of us and the marathoner, like, don't make me do this. But um, <laughs> I was kept going out in 36 seconds and I'm a little slow, right? Like 35 and a half. And I kind of am hot off the line because I'm so afraid that I'm not going to be fast enough. So I must've been slowing down a decent amount in that second hundred mm-hmm. and old, like positive, alley that turns into negative alley would have been like, Oh, I'm doomed. I'm going to run a 72 or a 73. Like I can't run a 71 after I've gone out in 36, but neutral is like, I'm just going to run a 35 now. And I, I hit 71 in every single split. So like the benefit is that it's just like the past is the past. And I'm going to move forward and with the knowledge that I need a 35, like, mm-hmm there, you're not guaranteeing it, it's going to work out, which I think positive kind of is like, well, so we were doing a workout and one of my teammates was like, oh, I don't feel that good, but like, maybe I'll warm up. You're not, I mean, we already did a warm up. Like we're in the workout. Like yeah. you're going to get tougher. You're going to make it through, even though it sucks, like positive psychology there. And like, maybe this is going to get easier. It's, 
not effective, I don't think. It hasn't been effective for me at least because I'm like still not warming up. This is gonna be awful. I needed to warm up to, for this to be good. And like, I feel like it's shooting myself in the foot. So the neutral is just like, no, this is not gonna get better and I'm gonna figure out a way. Yeah, it allows you to be more like present in the moment with what's happening and then just like make a neutral plan of what you want to happen and see if it works out, you know, by following that plan. And like, mm -hmm. it's cool that you've seen success with that. And then, you know, you can say, oh, cool, that went well. Or if it doesn't go well, it's not like, oh my gosh, that went terribly and I'm the worst. You know, it's just like, okay, that didn't, that didn't go as well. Why not? Um, and it takes the judgment out of it. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I love that. I think, I think telling like younger Allie or younger, you know, runners about like self-talk and that, you know, coming at it from a non-judgmental, like neutral, neutral takes the emotion out of it. Sometimes you can make better decisions and that there's definitely a place for positive self-talk, but it doesn't need to be all the time. Um, and how we talk to ourselves is, I mean, you're in, you're the only one in your head all day. So it's really important mm -hmm. that there's good stuff going on up there. <laughs> yeah. And we control that narrative. I, I think that's been a big one for me recently too, of just knowing that um, even like I said earlier, the conversation about I'm a big runner, like that all started in my head. I gave myself that title. And then I realized the more I was writing about that on Instagram, the more maybe it was like negatively affecting me. And so I started to spin it instead of writing like I'm a bigger runner I started um saying it maybe in a in not that way so I did wasn't like categorizing myself because we put labels on our on ourselves and then we like live up to that label instead of giving ourselves I'm a runner title and then being that so like kind of label yourself what you want to be and then act like that instead of doing the opposite yeah, I like that. Like, I'm a runner, full stop. Like, not I'm a runner, but <laughs> I'm a bigger runner, or I'm a smaller runner, or I'm a slow yeah. runner. Just, I'm a runner. I run. Yeah, and the slow runner, that tr that's a one for me, because I'll start coaching someone, and they'll be like, well, I'm slow. I'm like, okay, that's like, really negative. So what in your head would make you feel fast? Like, what would be fast to you? Mm -hmm. And people usually are like, I don't know. Like, well, then how are you slow? If you don't know what fast is, how are you slow? And so like, if you, if you have to break a certain time in the mile to be quote unquote fast, well, like let's train for a mile because then you can hit that time and we can stop saying you're slow mm -hmm. because you're putting the narrative that you're slow and then living up to it. Yeah. And it's the same narrative of like, you know, if, you know, I think that I'm super, I'm super happy with my time. And then I look at like your times because you know, you're a professional athlete and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know I'm slow, you know, it's all relative. And it's like, we just have to take, take what we're doing and kind of put the blinders on and focus on what we want to achieve, not what someone else wants us to achieve and how are we going to get there? And then, you know, like, what does fast mean to you? Let's go, let's go get it because then we're not slow. Cause slow does have like that negative connotation, but you know, even the, the fastest runners probably still look at people faster than them and think, oh, I'm slow, <laughs> you know, and it's not helpful. Yeah. Well, so I posted one workout the other day and someone, a few people wrote back, but they were like, oh, you man, your pace is like, um, that your tempo pace is my race pace or whatever. And I was like, don't worry. Like my, my race pace is someone else's tempo too. Like, it is true. We're all, I mean, like Kipchoge's tempo pace is probably way faster than my race pace, you know, like, yeah. 
but it is perspective. And so that's another thing that maybe it's just like growth, like progress in yourself. That's what I build confidence from, to be honest. It's not uh, like, what is the fastest person in the US doing? And I need to be there or else I'm not good enough. It's okay, I got like a few seconds better from a couple months ago. And, and that's progress. And then I'm maybe not the fastest person in the US yet, but mm-hmm. like, it's a coming. <laughs> and who knows? I mean, I may never get there, but like, I'm going to try to be the best version of me and I'm never going to put it out of, I, I went on a run with a really good runner on Bowerman Track Club and um, Shelby Houlihan has the American record and she's on Bowerman Track Club. And she was like, oh, I was like, how is it training with Shelby Houlihan? She's like, I just act like, you know, she doesn't even matter. She doesn't exist because I'll never be there. I was like, yet. She was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not as talented. I'll never be as good. I'm like, well, not with that attitude, but like, you're not yet. And um, I think just adding yet to the end of everything is maybe a way to see progress in yourself and stop comparing because it doesn't help to just put yourself down. Yeah. You're not putting a limit on it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Oh, I love, I love that. And like, that's so relatable. I love you brought that up. Like someone on the Bowerman track club is like, you know, you know, so relatable, like, cause I'm sure a lot of people think that way about themselves, whether it's with their, their friend who runs, who's a little bit faster than them or, you know, some other person in their life. So, I mean, Hey, no one's, we're all human here. No one's immune to, to that self-talk happening. And I like the, I think I like the quote that's like, you know, sharks aren't being like, Oh, Monday stinks. Sharks are out there reminding everyone that they're sharks and they're acting like sharks. <laughs> um, and it's like, that's probably, you know, I'm sure Shelby Houlihan has, you know, bad days mentally, but that's probably more of the mindset we want to adopt if we're trying to just compare ourselves to ourselves and get better and not ha- be limited by that. Um, but yeah, I always like those days. I always think to myself, if I'm having like a good day. I'm like, I'm a shark today. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I haven't heard that, but my dog is a shark caller. So that's awesome. You keep I keep my reminder. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah he'll like pop his head up and then go back down for those listening she has a cute dog in the background um, <laughs> well I love this conversation I'm I'm so grateful to have you on the show today um I want to ask you the end of the podcast question but do you have any other things to add to our conversation I don't think so yeah I mean there's probably a lot to add but nothing yeah. I have to add yeah Awesome. So, all right. So end of the podcast question, I'm super curious to know your answer on this. So basically you're about to cross the finish line of like one of those unicorn race days where you're like maybe 2017 New York city marathon break. This is such a cool day. This race went really nicely. Um, what song is playing at the finish line to embody what you're feeling? Yeah. Um, I had no idea what I was going to say to this one, but, um, I have the tiger. It was playing, at the beginning like the best race I ever had in high school I played at the start and now I just think that's like now my visualization I like picture that in every good performance so I'm so glad you asked this because I'm like getting ready to visualize this weekend's race and like I need to play that in the background like this is gonna be good for me yeah you definitely need to play that as your like fight song now before the race this weekend well that's exciting oh you're welcome you're so welcome I'm happy to bring that (laughs) yes Thank you. <laughs> Definitely on my running playlist. Um, yeah, no, I love this question too, because everyone's answers are so interesting. And now I can build like the most badass playlist ever um, with all of these cool answers. So I love that. Well, awesome. thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and also to like, where can our listeners find you? Like, where are you most active? I know you have a lot going on right now. 
where can they, where can they find you? Yeah. I think I'm best on Instagram. It's Kiefer Alley on Instagram and I'm being someone hacked my Twitter. So don't go there. (laughs) I know people keep sending me the message and I'm like, I don't think I even want to go back on Twitter. So I don't know if I'm going to worry about that one, but uh, yeah, Instagram, I'm pretty active. Awesome. Yeah. I never made it to Twitter either, but um, well, that's great. And I hope people go and find you because you always have interesting things to say under your pictures rather than just inspirational quotes. They are, they are kind of what's on your mind and, and I'm excited to hear how your race goes this weekend. Yeah. Thanks. I do write like journals. So if you don't like long captions, don't follow me, (laughs) but I'm glad you appreciate them. (laughs) I do appreciate them. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and we'll talk later. Yeah. It was so great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Allie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciated your conversation about all of these topics and also for letting us know that you are planning to start your nutrition and run coaching business, including nutrition coaching, and that you're in school for that, which is so, so cool. You're an amazing resource, and we will be very lucky to have you in the space. I wish you all the best of luck in your upcoming races and really hope you have a great year in 2021 and beyond. If you guys are loving the podcast, I would really appreciate a, for good karma, five-star rating and review on whatever podcast hosting site you're currently listening from. It just helps other people find the show, just like yourselves, that they can hear these awesome conversations about different topics as well. And if you are looking for more support in your running and nutrition and training endeavors, if you want to prevent injuries, if you want to get out of the restrictive mindset, improve your body image, and improve your running performance, I have an opportunity for you. So you can head over to fitcookienutrition.com roadmap where you can check out my runner's roadmap course, which is an entirely self-guided course that walks you through my step-by-step proven method of a process that I use with my one-on-one clients to help them become the best runners they can be. It also includes strength training for runners and injury prevention on top of nutrition recommendations. And it comes with group support in my Facebook group that is private just for students in the course and also so many other resources as well. So if you are interested in that, you're listening to this episode, check out the show notes for my discount code where you can get 10% off of that course and head over to fitcookienutrition.com slash roadmap. Until next time, guys, happy running.